With the news that broke this past week, with Southern Cal and UCLA now leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten in 2024, there's a lot of people who are panicked, not knowing what's going to happen next. And for Carolina fans, of course, wondering what's going to happen in regards to South Carolina. I'll be addressing all that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and... Uh, Man, today's show is going to have a lot of heavy substance to it. Uh, today's show is going to be one that, for some of you Gamecock fans, you may be mentally preparing yourselves for this to take place or potentially take place. And for other Gamecock fans, you might not be able to stomach some parts of today's show. But this has to be something that is discussed because... This realignment is going to affect every single conference in college football, and thus, of course, it's going to affect South Carolina in some fashion. So, with today's show, I'm going to catch you all up to speed on Southern Cal and UCLA's move to the Big Ten, along with some interesting developments regarding some other Pac-12 teams and some potential movement to the Big 12. I'll be talking about all that at the beginning of today's show. And, of course, I'll be explaining pretty much how we got here. I'll then also talk about how this could affect some other teams in other conferences and whether branding or TV markets are more important. A really big question with all of this realignment talk. And then finally, at the end of the show, I will talk about how all this affects South Carolina potentially. And when I say how all this affects South Carolina, I, of course, mean South Carolina's arch rivals, the Clemson Tigers otherwise known as that team from the upstate. So I'll be talking about all that on today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Before I get started, as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecocks sports coverage. Okay, so let's start off with what all has happened recently and what is going on right now with realignment. So this past Thursday, of course, Southern Cal and UCLA both announced that they were planning to leave the Pac-12 for the Big Ten in 2024. And later that same day, the presidents and chancellors of the schools in the Big Ten all voted to add them to the Big Ten by that calendar year. Now, the reaction, of course, from other schools in the Pac-12, as you could imagine, was not very positive. As uh, certain schools like Arizona put out a message basically saying that, you know, they really hated the move, obviously, because, of course, this has a big impact on the Pac-12, as Southern Cal and UCLA are the two bigger brands really in that conference. You could potentially make an argument for Oregon and all the recent athletic success that they've had over the last 15 years or so, and, of course, their relationship with Nike. As Nike CEO, I believe Rich Knight is an alum of Oregon. You could make an argument for them, but otherwise, Southern Cal and UCLA have been the creme de la creme of the Conference of Champions for decades now. So schools like Arizona 
and Arizona State. Of course, they're not very happy about this move. I'll be mentioning them again in just a couple moments. And, you know, everybody else, they're kind of wondering what's going to happen with them. Where are they going to end up at the end of this whole process? And like I mentioned earlier, it is a lot of unknowns that is taking place right now. And us as human beings, of course, we do not like the unknown. We do not like not having any solid idea of really and truthfully where we are heading. That's just the way that our minds are wired. So imagine that now being the case for all these different student athletes, all of these coaches, and even probably some of the biggest brass at these schools, like the chancellors and the provosts and the presidents and the athletic directors. Even they probably don't really know where they are heading. Now, I mentioned back in my initial reaction video to the Southern County UCLA News on Twitter last week that there could be potentially maybe a merge between the Pac-12 and Big 12 conferences to potentially try and create their own super conference. And as it turns out, it looks like that I'm going to end up being at least somewhat correct on this potentially happening. Except it seems that the Big 12 is now simply going to pick the rest of the meat off the carcass that is now the Pac-12 conference as in an article that was composed yesterday by Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports he reported that six more Pac-12 teams these teams being Arizona Arizona State Colorado Utah Oregon and Washington are now all being considered by the Big 12 conference he also did mention that the Pac-12 could also try to work a new TV contract into place with the 10-member institutions it still has, as the current one expires in 2024. And I want you all to remember this date for later on in the show. So, obviously, again, still a lot of talks and discussions ongoing behind closed doors right now with some of the top officials in these conferences and you know, probably some backdoor conversations taking place as well with maybe a couple of other conferences that have not been figured out up to this point. So you may be wondering, why have we reached this point where a team like Southern Cal and UCLA could end up going all the way to the Big Ten, which is geographically mainly based in the northeastern region of the United States? Why is it that we are now hearing all this talk of mega conferences? Some of you may still be reeling from the news that took place last year when Texas and Oklahoma announced they were going to join the SEC by 2025. So how did we get to this point? I'm going to talk about all this and a little bit more. Before I do so, I have a quick word from my friends over at Rock Auto. Now, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why would you choose to spend 30%? 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. If you own a Honda Odyssey, a fuel pump is $353 from the chain store, but it's only $216 when you buy it from Rock Auto. 
Not to mention, Rock Auto is a family-owned business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. So what are you waiting for? Because it's time to go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, now to answer the question of how we reached this point with all this crazy alignment that's taking place between college football conferences, the answer is very simple. TV contracts. Obviously, at the end of the day, as much as most of us probably wouldn't like to admit this, money drives a lot of the actions that take place in big corporations, in big business, and quite frankly, in a lot of different facets of life that we probably wouldn't even imagine. And that is the same exact thing that is taking place with these conference realignments. So to give you all some context, I'm going to list off all the different contracts for the Power 5 conferences right this moment, starting off with the ACC. The ACC is currently in a $240 million annual deal with ESPN that runs through 2036. So each team basically gets $17 million a season. They also have a grant of rights clause involved. Now, some of you have heard grant of rights probably like over a thousand times over the last calendar week, and you're probably sitting there wondering what on earth is a grant of rights. Well, the grant of rights clause basically means that any team that leaves the ACC before the end of their contract will have to give the ACC conference all the media money that they earn each season from their new conference for the duration of their old contract with the ACC. So say a team like North Carolina ends up going to the SEC and they're earning on average like $65, $67 million a year from the SEC media rights deal that they're a part of. Literally every single penny of that deal would go to the ACC up until 2036, at least if I understand this correctly. And before I continue, I just want to make sure that y'all know that I'm utilizing information from this On3 Sports article right here that was written and posted on August the 2nd, 2021, taking a look at all of the current conference TV deals. Now... Let's move on to the Big Ten Conference. The Big Ten Conference currently has a $2.64 billion deal that runs for six years up until 2023, meaning that they get $440 million per year, and each school receives $31.4 million. Now, going to the Big 12, the Big 12 has a 13-year deal currently with ESPN and Fox that pays at least $200 million each season and runs through 2025 and has no early renegotiations currently with either ESPN or Fox. Now, this is where I want to really hammer home why all this is happening. Because these renegotiations have not taken place for the Big 12 conference, Texas and Oklahoma both started eyeballing some of their other options. And of course, they eventually decide that they are going to join the SEC because what Texas and Oklahoma and many other big programs in college football realize is that with where this sport is heading, with the future of the college football playoff, all the money that it brings, the fact that football is by far the biggest revenue sport for colleges and universities across the country, 
money is going to matter later on in their program's history. How much money you have to be able to compete in NIL, to be able to continue to do renovations, and essentially almost run like a semi-professional football team. And because of all these factors, teams like Texas and Oklahoma saw what the SEC had to offer, and they've jumped ship. That's what's happened with Southern Cal and UCLA. The Pac-12 currently has a 12-year deal for $3 billion with Fox and ESPN, which doesn't sound too bad, except for that it only gives $21 million a year to each member institution. And this deal is going to run out in 2024, and the Pac-12 has wound up in the same exact situation as the Big 12. Right now, they have really no leverage in renegotiation, especially with the subpar product on the field that they have been delivering. And so Southern Cal UCLA saw what the landscape looked like, and because of all this, UCLA and Southern Cal, understandably so, decided that, hey, We need to get out of here. We need to join a better conference or at least a conference that has a better situation financially speaking. And the Big Ten obviously offers that. And subsequently, the Big Ten now gets a footprint in the TV market of Los Angeles. So it's a win-win for both parties. Now, going back to the TV contracts, looking at the SEC... They worked out a 10-year deal with ESPN that's worth more than $300 million annually and will start in 2024. This will coincide with the conference's current deal with ESPN, which also ends in 2034. And the SEC still has a current deal that is in place with CBS that's worth $55 million a year up until 2024. And this is not even including the expansion of Texas and Oklahoma into the equation. At least, I don't believe it does. And obviously, if the SEC were to add any more teams, it would only up the price tag for these TV networks. And then, of course, you got Notre Dame, the lone soldier out there that is an FBS independent. They have an extension with NBC Sports in 2013 that is running all the way up through 2025 and pays them $15 million annually. So... If Southern Cal and UCLA have now gone from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, the question that you might be asking yourselves is, which teams could be next? Well, there's multiple teams that have been brought up in regards to the next group who could be a part of this realignment process, specifically from conferences who are in dire straits, which I already discussed in the Pac-12, so I won't rehash on that. Instead, I'll talk about a couple of teams that are east side. Firstly, being Notre Dame. Notre Dame, obviously, is probably the biggest brand that is still out there out of all these teams that many people believe will be pursued in this whole realignment process. In my opinion, Notre Dame still has enough leverage to where they can sort of sit tight and let things play out before they have to make their decision. They will not be able to stay as an independent, though, with how much money is in play here. No question about that. You've also got teams like Florida State. North Carolina, Miami, and a couple of others, maybe from the ACC, depending on who you talk to. Of course, Florida State, Miami, both have won multiple national championships. They're both story programs, and they both bring a lot from a football perspective. Being located in Florida, of course, there's media markets that you can tap into probably down there as well. And, of course, you got North Carolina. North Carolina, as much as I probably hate to say as a South Carolina fan, They've got good athletic programs. They're a very solid men's basketball program, obviously. They've had some success on and off on the football field, although nowhere near compared to what they've done maybe in men's basketball. And then, of course, even their baseball team 
is pretty solid as well. And of course, North Carolina is a really good academic program as well. So they could definitely fit in multiple different conferences because of that. So with all these talks about the different teams and candidates and programs that could be potentially involved next in this whole realignment chaos ordeal, you might be asking yourself, so what is most important in this whole ordeal? Is it the branding of the school? How well known is the program? Or is it the TV market? I'm going to answer that in just a minute after I give y'all a message from our friends over at Built Bar. Now, for the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given the Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen to me for a second. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all deliciousness. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits to you. The best part about Built Puffs, besides the 100% real chocolate, is that you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat. Perfect when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack after a workout. They are an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich sweet brownie, and creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing and get to Built.com right now to order your box of Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Puffs today. And if you're looking to save money, we've got you covered there as well. When you go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order that's locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. So go right now while the offer lasts. Okay, so now let's get back to the question of what is more important, branding or the TV market that a team is located in? Now, if you ask me what my thoughts are on this, I would tell you that fans assume that branding means automatic intrigue. And you would be correct on this. But some people are thinking about that answer in the completely wrong way. Even just 15, 20 years ago, this idea of automatic intrigue would have meant that fans would be showing up in droves to stadiums and games and go out of their way to watch certain teams. But the thing fans have to remember is this. While it's incredibly difficult to build a brand, it's much more difficult to maintain or grow that brand status nationally. Think about Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a brand name to where you'll find Notre Dame fans just about anywhere in the country. But Nebraska is a team that hasn't been able to maintain their brand coming off the success they had under College Football Hall of Fame coach Tom Osborne winning multiple national championships in the 80s and 90s and are looked at as more of a regional local market team in the Midwest. And these days, they struggle just to make it to conference championship games now. Now, in the last decade or so, Due to advancements made in streaming and television coverage for college football games in general, attendance numbers have declined drastically. And while diehard traditionalists might have an issue with that, as home crowds make up a big part of the fabric of college football, TV executives are not going to care about this at all. So for those people that are saying that, you know, Miami would never be invited to the SEC because they can't really draw a home crowd, I'm sorry. 
Television executives are not going to care about the home crowd itself. They're going to care about the number of people that are watching Miami on television and on their streaming devices, their streaming apps. That is what they're going to care about. They're going to wipe their hands clean in terms of ticket sales every time by leaving that issue up to individual schools to handle through renovations and upgrades when it comes to accessibility for the fans and the amenities they offer and prioritizing maybe more higher-priced areas like box suites instead of just general seating. And due to all of this, overall, the TV markets will still be an important factor in terms of these conferences deciding which teams they want to go after. And it'll hold more weight than the brand at the end of the day because the market is what helps to create a brand. And if you still maybe don't agree with my argument here in terms of branding versus TV markets, then think about it this way. If you have the best tasting chocolate milkshake in the world, but only an audience of 12 people to give that chocolate milkshake to for them to know how good it is, it's probably going to be very difficult for you to be able to build that brand up, to be able to cause a surge in terms of awareness of just how good of a chocolate milkshake that you make. If you, however, take... That same scenario, and the audience is 112,000 people instead of just 12, that you have some to help you grow and maintain that brand and reputation now as having the best chocolate milkshake in the world. That is how important TV markets are, in my opinion, compared to branding of a school. Okay. So I've talked about all of the things that have gone on with realignment up to this point. I've talked about all of the TV contracts. I've talked about branding. I've talked about the importance of TV markets. I've talked about a bunch of stuff that some of you probably have not cared about at all up to this point. But now it's time for me to talk to y'all about how this affects South Carolina in particular. And obviously, I'm talking about what is going to happen with Clemson in all this discussion. Now... Some people have said that Clemson won't get into the SEC or maybe even the Big Ten potentially because they don't add anything to the market. And while I don't have any specific TV market numbers to give you, I do have a 2011 ESPN press room article on the top 25 college football markets from that season that might catch your eye. Now, while Clemson as an individual college-based town is obviously a small market, it's sandwiched between multiple other markets that would probably have its fair share of Clemson fans. And according to this ESPN college football market article, there were four different markets that, in my opinion, include Clemson fans. The fourth biggest TV market for the 2011 college football season was Greenville, South Carolina, which Shocks me a little bit, mainly because it is considered to be a very small market, but it's probably only around a half-hour drive away from Clemson. Tied for fifth was Atlanta, Georgia, which is obviously a big market. It's where Georgia Tech's located, where the College Football Hall of Fame is located, and where the SEC Championship game is played every single year. That's not too far away from Clemson. You've also got Greensboro, North Carolina, and Charlotte, North Carolina. Both were tied for 12th on this list. Both of those cities are also not too far away from Clemson, just being a little bit up north of there. So my point being is Clemson itself is not a big market, but it's got enough TV markets surrounding them that you combine the conglomerate fans that all these markets combined probably consist of with Clemson, then 
Clemson has a decent little market that they could potentially point to here. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is this was in 2011, which was before Clemson won their national titles and became the unequivocal top dog, basically, in the ACC. Now, in regards to branding, this is something that is going to be hard for me to say and hard for some of you Gamecock fans to hear, but I need to say it. Listen, in terms of branding right now between Clemson and South Carolina, Clemson's the bigger brand. I hate to say that, but Clemson is the bigger brand. Listen, the amount of airtime that Clemson gets on ESPN and other major sports networks compared to South Carolina is way higher. Dabo Sweeney has built a program that is now nationally recognized. They have the Tiger Paw now that is nationally recognized. They're able to recruit anywhere in the country that they want to. And it's unfortunate for me to say this, but South Carolina is not there right now. Now, South Carolina, of course, used to be there with a coach like Steve Spurrier that was leading the charge, winning 33 games in three seasons and becoming one of the top teams in the SEC. We had a chance to supplant ourselves up in that upper echelon and stay there, but we blew it. Now, we're having to try to work our way to get back up. And again, I I understand. When you're wearing garden black sunglasses, you're not going to see that. And as a matter of fact, you're probably screaming at me right now. But it is the truth. When you take out the bias... Clemson is a bigger brand right now. And when you have the brand to go with a potential TV market, that makes you a viable option in the world of college football realignment. Now, with all of this in mind, this affects South Carolina, of course, particularly because Clemson is their biggest rivals on the gridiron, on the hardwood, and on the baseball diamond, you name it. So, in my opinion with Clemson, one of three things is going to happen. The first thing that could happen is Clemson and some of these other schools in the ACC, like North Carolina, Florida State, Miami, whomever, they'll hire lawyers and try to find a loophole around this grant of rights clause in their media contract with the ACC, or they could potentially try to elicit help from the SEC to help pay for this or whichever conference they end up trying to go to. Now, the latter part of this, I don't see happening at all. I don't see this happening with the SEC or even potentially the Big Ten, because the thing is, if they get help from either of those conferences paying for them basically leaving their respective conference, that also means that you're probably taking some money out of the other team's pockets, and the teams that are already a part of those conferences are not going to like that at all. So I could see maybe the first part happening, but the second part, that one is probably a complete pipe dream, honestly. Now, the second thing that could happen, Clemson could go to the Big Ten potentially due to the projected revenue title that they could still have over the SEC, and the Big Ten subsequently could get to stamp their footprint right in the heart of the Southeast in terms of a TV market and conference exposure to prospective recruits. Obviously, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, that is one of the more talented regions in the entire country in regards to high school football. It'd be a big deal for the Big Ten to get a chance to stamp their flag right there in that spot. And it could also give Clemson leverage in terms of maybe getting help with the grant of rights clause if they decide to go down that route. And then the third option that I see happening is Clemson rides it out in the ACC for a couple more seasons until the losses from the grant of rights clause is bearable enough for them to just eat it 
and leave. Now, obviously, Clemson could definitely be taking a very big risk here. This is a big thorn in their side, along with the other teams in the ACC that could be looking to leave. And realignment seems to be occurring at a lightning quick pace to where if you don't make a move and choose to sit and wait, you could very well get left behind. And that just might be a risk that Clemson is not going to want to take. So the bottom line with all this, I could see Clemson join the SEC if they want to. And if the conference wants them, Badly enough, it's not going to matter what South Carolina thinks. There's not going to be any behind-closed-doors handshake agreement between Georgia and Florida and Kentucky to not let Clemson in. Because if the SEC wants them badly enough, they're going to expect all the institutions to tote the line. It's the same thing that happened with Texas A&M when it was agreed between Oklahoma and Texas and the SEC that they would join the conference in 2025. They could also join the Big Ten because, in my opinion, they would get more money over time and they would have this grant of rights clause potentially be a little bit less of a bear on them if they chose to go that route because they would have the leverage that I mentioned earlier. So getting back to how this affects South Carolina, the one thing that the Gamecocks have had over the Tigers for several years now has been their affiliation with the SEC and the revenue share that they've gotten from the conference for simply being a part of it from a media perspective and in terms of all the money that is earned through the course of the season performance that all the schools have. Now, if Clemson joins the conference, this advantage would obviously go away, but it would also mean that Clemson would now have to face the best conference in the country, eight to nine, maybe even 10 games, who knows at this point, out of the year. And I don't believe that Clemson would continue to easily win 10 plus games a season with them being in the SEC. So I do believe that there would be some give and take there between South Carolina and Clemson. I will say this, South Carolina fans, I don't think that you should be scared of Clemson joining the SEC. If anything, I think that we need to look at it as a challenge. It's what Shane Beamer's tried to do the whole time he has been here, is try to get Gamecock fans to understand that we need to be more optimistic when it comes to looking at stuff like this. And while, yes, this will affect us in some way, shape, or form, At the end of the day, what's good for the conference, more often than not, is good for South Carolina. And yes, Clemson would be a case where maybe it wouldn't be 100% good, but there are a couple positives in terms especially of finances in this deal. We just got to be able to take advantage of that at the end of the day. So that is going to do it for today's show with the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. What are your thoughts on all of the chaos that has been going on with realignment in college football? How do you feel about all these teams moving cross-country, basically, to other conferences? How do you feel about the regionality now going away? Gamecock fans, how do you feel about the idea of Clemson potentially joining the conference? I want to hear your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube Or if you're listening to this on audio podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, then feel free to shoot me a message at A-Line underscore SC on Twitter. I want to hear y'all's thoughts on how you think all of this is going to shake out because this is creating a lot of good discussion between college football fans in regards to where the sport is heading. So once again, thank you all for listening to today's show. I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast.